with the example of broccoli and spinach that have calcium in it, um, they also have these things called either phytates that are on oxalates, different grains, and even you know plant foods will have those in it. And the problem with that is that it almost causes those minerals or the nutrients to you know become less available when you eat it. It's almost like that it's not as absorbable into the body. So in the case of calcium in those leafy greens or broccoli, you will oftentimes see people have to eat a lot of it to try to get enough of that nutrient. Um, and then, at, you know, that's that's the thing, too. They'll try to get enough. You know, you have to eat a lot to try to get it. But then you factor in things like the phytates, the oxalate, they kind of bind to. And there's a lot of research, like if people want to go like on a search engine and certain, you know, oxalates and minerals or phyt phytic acid in certain minerals, there is well-documented research showing that they actually block, they can block the absorption and they almost bind to it. Welcome to the Weight Loss for Women podcast, a place where we share everything you need to know about restoring your metabolism so you can eat more, train less, and lose weight in a healthy and sustainable way. I'm Kitty Bloomfield, co-founder of New Strength and Saturate, creator of pro-metabolic food supplements and seriously saturated skincare. And today we have our uh, friend Margaret Barry back on the podcast. Um, she's awesome. We've had her on before to talk about heavy metal uh, poisoning, and we've got such a great response to that podcast it was so interesting too so I think if you haven't listened to that go back um listen to that one and obviously I'll like put all the details in the show notes so you can go and follow her on Instagram you do some really interesting posts actually um yeah I really like your uh, content and she did this post uh about the fat soluble vitamins I thought that'd be a great one to get her back on again because we had such a good response from the first one just to talk about those uh, fat-soluble vitamins and, you know, what they are, what they do in the body, where you get them from. Because I think, um, and this encompasses, I think, all nutrients, but we were just having a conversation about, like, people have these ideas about nutrient-dense foods and what are these healthy nutrient-dense foods. And I'm not saying that salads are unhealthy because I don't want people to think we should never eat salads. But as an example, like, back when I was, you know, in my dieting days eating clean, like, I ate heaps of salads nuts, seeds, lots of lean meats, egg whites, protein powders, you know, some grains. And I really thought that I was getting having this nutrient-dense diet by eating lots of salads and vegetables. And you were so funny. She made this comment, you know, people say, I'm really trying to get my kids to eat the green vegetables. And you're like, I'm trying to get them to eat liver and oysters <laughs> and dairy and fruit. So, you know, um, yeah, do you find that too? Yes. Oh, for yeah. sure. Because people will say, how do I get these vegetables into my kids and I kind of you know think well okay there's there's nothing wrong with that but if you're looking for nutrient density the vegetables are not usually where I would look in terms of the nutrients that are there and it's just a common yeah. thing people will ask and I'm like I would want my kids to be you know eating the the uh, eating sardines eating beef liver like all the more nutrient dense versions so yeah yeah, yeah and it's so interesting too because once you learn a bit more about okay like what are the nutrients? Where are they found? And I think another important thing to consider is what's the bioavailability. So like, yes, you know, broccoli or, or let's say spinach has calcium, but it's not very bioavailable, you know, and like you can get way more calcium from milk or like broccoli has vitamin C, but what about some juice? You know, it's just, and I think we're so, I don't even know how this all came about. Maybe it's like the nineties, you know, when like everyone wanted to be stick thin. So we were looking for that really voluminous food that would fill us up so we could try and keep full to stay skinny. I don't know. Like the sort of thing where this clean eating movement with the nuts and the seeds and the oat milk and the soy milk, you know, like when did that really start? Yeah, it had to be back then. And I think that that really damaged a lot of people's view or, you know, clouded their view of food too, especially if they grew up back then or they had a mom who was growing up in like 80s, 90s, even the late 70s too. But it really kind of messes with your mind because then you start viewing food as like, how much can I eat to, you know, volume to fill me up so I'm not hungry? Yeah. And then take this different view where you're kind of like, okay, what can I eat that is, you know, going to be the most bang for my buck, so to speak? What yeah. can be the most nutrient dense option that I can choose, which is the reverse of yeah. the other set, like how much broccoli and, you know, salads can I eat so that I'm not hungry? It's just that's right. That's right. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's so funny because I'm doing this post next week and like, 
you know, women will say, oh, like often when they get on the calls with me before they're thinking about joining the program, like sometimes we'll talk about food and, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, I eat my chicken and my salad for lunch. And like, I just did this comparison of, cause that's totally what I used to eat for lunch. I would have like grilled chicken breast with like shitloads of spinach. And then I'd yes. have green capsicum because red capsicum was too high in sugar. And, right. you know, like I'd have celery and all this green shit, you know, raw, raw broccoli. Yes. And then yes. I'd even put like lemon juice with garlic instead of olive oil. Cause like, I've got to keep the fat down, you know. Oh, right. Cause we can't eat the fat. Either. That's right. It's got to, cause the calories got to be low calories. And. You know, I just think about occasionally I'd have some avocado if I was feeling, you know, like I wanted to branch out a little bit and have a bit of fat. But like that, say, compared to like, you know, I was looking at a couple of my lunches now. So like some slow cooked beef cheeks with some air fried potatoes cooked in ghee, some orange or watermelon. And then one of my lunches I was looking was like grilled prawns with some sliced cheese, more fruit, more potatoes. And actually looking at, you know, the amino acids that you're getting, not only from the proteins, obviously with the, um, you know, beef cheeks, you're getting more glycine and those ones that you're not getting in those gelatinous meats, not saying that you shouldn't eat bloody chicken, but then, you know, also looking at all the other nutrients that you're getting in that dish compared to the chicken and salad and also the energy as well. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah. it's, it's, the comparison is crazy. And like you said, with the glycine, because that's what people, they, they've not even heard of that. Most of the time they're like, wait, so you know, a chicken breast doesn't have as much of that amino acid, which has yeah. so many benefits for joint health. And, yeah. you know, it even also, side note, it can be a synergist with magnesium too. Glycine and magnesium kind of have a nice relationship and can be really calming. And so people will, you know, be like, oh, so you mean something like you said, like the beef cheeks, which I've seen you post about. And every oh, time I'm like, I'm totally upset. Do you know, do you know what we did on the weekend too? Um, we made, so we, get the beef cheeks in the pot, like fill it with water. It's just such a super, super recipe. Like you don't even have to braise them. Like if you can't be fucked and you've got like no time, just get a pot, throw all the beef cheeks in, cut up some onions, garlic, thyme, shit ton of salt, and then um, fill it full of water and then simmer it for three to four hours until it falls apart. And then we just removed everything and like took out the onions and stuff. And then we just threw a heap of rice in there. And cooked oh, up the rice in the broth. And then we just portioned it up and froze it. It was awesome. We had like two or three days of dinners with just with, the, it was easy. You know, had the beef cheek and threw some fruit on the side. It was like, perfect. a little yeah. time. Yeah. Wow. That does sound so good. I need to try that because I, I love branching out into new cuts. And yeah. Trying. yeah. And I really <laughs> like, my thing is like easy, you know, like, I mean, I don't have kids, but like our businesses are so busy and we start work really early and like, I just don't want to have to like fucking think about in the day. You know, even, yeah. even this week, Craig and I, this, I mean, we're totally going off a tangent here, but I think this is relevant to women, you know, like even without tracking my food, I just know like we portion up 150 gram portions as like these meat in the freezer and then and prawns and we've got some chicken. And then like, I just know I need to eat 400 grams of potato and then about roughly 200 grams of fruit. So like today I haven't mapped anything out and I'm like, okay, what have I got in the freezer today? I just pull it out. All right. Here's the beef cheeks. I'll put the air, chips in the air fry, cut up. Some, what, what fruit do I have? watermelon, oranges, you know, got yogurt. It's just once you do this for a while and you keep things like that in the freezer, you can just quickly grab meals and stay well fueled without worrying too much about I'm eating too much, I'm eating too little. Like, you know, it's such a great, yeah, skill to have, I think. Sorry, ladies probably thinking, oh, if they're listening to this, Kitty, what do you mean? What are you talking about? We're talking about tracking (laughs) and things here. But anyway, I'm getting off track as as usual. Um, but, but, but just before we talk, start to talk about the vitamins, do you want to just talk a little bit about bioavailability and why that matters? You know, in compa- like, let's look at some, say, spinach and broccoli and the nutrients they contain versus, say, some dairy and fruit and meat. Yes. Yeah, because it's a very important conversation because, like you said, people will say, oh, well, cheese seeds have omega-3 or this has a certain nutrient, like, for example, calcium, you know broccoli and other you know even leafy greens have have calcium in it but it's that bioavailability and that basically refers to this idea of how usable are those nutrients by your body when you take them in so with the example of broccoli and spinach that have calcium in it um, they also have these things called either phytates that are unoxalates different grains and even you know plant foods will have those in it and the problem with that is that it almost causes those minerals or the nutrients to, you know, become less available when you eat it. It's almost like that it's not 
as absorbable into the body. So in the case of calcium in those leafy greens or broccoli, you will oftentimes see people have to eat a lot of it to try to get enough of that nutrient. Um, and then, at, you know, that's that's the thing too, they'll try to get enough, you know, you have to eat a lot to try to get it. But then you factor in things like the phytates, the oxalate, they kind of bind to, and there's a lot of research, like if people want to go like on a search engine and certain, you know, oxalates and minerals or phyt phytic acid in certain minerals, there is well-documented research showing that they actually block, they can block the absorption and they almost bind to it so that that, you know, you can't separate out that calcium from the the phytic acid or the oxalate that it's bound to so it's like hard to get at and then when you have something for example like an animal food or even something like fruit you don't have as many of those in there or there's there's little to none so for example in like beef liver it is literally you know got all of these nutrients in it and it doesn't have that factor of the phytates or the oxalates that kind of block the absorption um so it's just more bioavailable. And, and when we say that, it just means that it's more easy for the body to absorb when you're taking it as a human, <laughs> you know, like as, as a human being digesting it with, and also that's another, this is kind of a, a side note, but um, you know, how many stomachs different animals have. So like cows have multiple, you know, multiple ruminant, they're, they're called a ruminant animal, but they have multiple, you know, stomach captions, places that it can go. And uh, you know, humans have one. <laughs> so we just have one stomach and all these other animals that eat primarily, for example, grains or grasses, they have all of these stomachs to break that down enough to digest and assimilate the nutrients. We just have one stomach because we're omnivores. Um, so that's just an interesting side note and something that I've thought about in, in terms of bioavailability as well. Like we don't have the, the I, I don't know, we don't have the equipment that they do to extract what they can out of the nutrients that you know that. in the so <laughs> that, that makes sense. And I don't want like women sometimes I think take to this stream. I'm not saying don't ever eat salads, but yeah, yeah. don't, don't just eat salads. You know, like I think the issue is like so many women that come to us, like they have done every weight loss diet under the sun and they're very extreme and they cut out food groups, dairy, you know, like don't eat sugar, don't eat fruit, don't eat carbs. So it's like, you know, eat, if you enjoy, I have salads, but you know, you want to make yeah. sure you've got a good serve of protein, some carbs there for energy, you know, so as an example, Instead of having chicken and salad, you might have, you know, chicken and then some cooked potatoes or some rice with some saturated fat, maybe some fruit, and then you might have a side salad. So I think traditionally salads were eaten as side dishes. They, they used yeah. to be, people would think that's my main thing and now we yeah. will have a side. So that's kind of like traditional and I like it for texture and I find yeah. seasonally yeah. still. I yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. people will think. You know, I've got to, you know, they will just eat all year round the same kind of thing. And I, it's spring and summer. I'm more like, oh, I like the cool, crunchy and I'll, I'll beef it up with some other things, you know, that yeah. I'm having. You know, it's not like the main thing. Which yeah, you're not just eating is. salad and, and lean meat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's when the issue arises. Yeah, it's just, it's not the main part. It's like, you know, I really feel like the French nail it. You know, like they have like little side salads, you know, lots of saturated fats, you know, organ meats, eggs, beautiful cheeses. There and cheese. Oh, I love olives. Oh, oh my god! god. Yes. Do you know, I really just love a good Greek salad with feta. I oh, me too. Feta. That's oh my, my god. favorite. That's Same. my favorite of all time. I'm like, oh, if I do that with some meat and you know, maybe another carb, I'm like potatoes, roast potatoes. Do you know what's a really good salad too that we had a few weeks ago? Is so simple: watermelon, red onion, mint, and feta cheese, just drizzled in olive oil. Oh god, it was delicious. Because feta, I love that already, and then the watermelon, like, oh, Same. that's so And the mint, good. and then the red onion, it just is, Craig was like, this salad's fucking amazing, kitty. And we had it with, I think we roasted up some lamb, and then we had the potatoes cooked in the ghee, which was just oh, divine. Lots of salt. Yeah. Yes. Salt and I'm so oh, hungry. Yeah. Yes, I know. <laughs> it's so good. But I love meals like that that hit all yeah. the, like, you know, because people think that eating healthy or eating in a way that supports your body and, and you know, they think that's supposed to be miserable and horrible, but it's like totally. delicious flavors. Like, I don't know. Watermelon and the feta. And carbs. It's yeah. like, it doesn't have to be, you know, a, a giant salad for all of your meals every day. Like, no, it doesn't. Does it. So, and it's, it makes me sad when people will say that. I'm like, no, there's a whole world over here of, of delicious options that taste good and are really good for you as well.
Well, I think so. women are just so, so scared, you know, and they've been so brainwashed. It was interesting. There was a comment in our, like, you know, we've got our coaching program, we've got our seven day program. There's a comment from a client that obviously just joined. And she's like, oh, wow. Like I'm on day four and I'm totally just joining the dots as to where I went wrong. Like always trying to smash salads and nuts and seeds and falling off the wagon and binge eating. She's like, I ate the whole food plan today and I felt so satisfied and having the ice cream and, you know, I slept so well. It's just great. You know, I was like, yay. Yeah, that's satisfaction because I was totally there too. Like that's what yeah. I did for years. I was just like on off again with all my yeah. eating and I would have the binging because I wasn't eating enough or I wasn't yep. eating enough carbs. And then yep. at the end of the day, it was just like this, yeah, this binge and the strict cycle. And it's so, it's so freeing to come out of that and be like, totally. oh, I can actually have carbs during, like during the day and not be like, I'm going to try to avoid them as long as possible and then have a, you know, like by 3 p.m. you have to eat all the cookies or something, you know, it's like you can totally. like, Face your carb sources out. So, yeah, love it, love it. Anyway, let's get into the podcast. Sorry, I led you on this, you know, down a whole different path. But I, really, I like rabbit trails. Good. <laughs> it's relevant as well. All right. So, let's talk about what are the fat soluble vitamins? What are they? Yeah. So, there are technically four different ones. So, they're, and they're all fat soluble, meaning that they require fatty acids to be absorbed into the body. So, you have the fat soluble vitamins, the water soluble vitamins mean that they are able to be eliminated. Like for example, if you add too many, it would be eliminated in your urine or stool. And with fat soluble, they are stored in the fatty tissue of the body. So they are, they require fat. So the, they are A, vitamin A, vitamin D, vitamin E, and vitamin K or K2, subtypes called K2. Um, but those are the four. And you can remember it just by thinking A, D, E, and K. That's like, there's no acronym for that, but I just remember it because of that. That's how I learned it in school. But but they're very important because they not only are required for a lot of different physiological functions in the body, but tying into the last podcast episode that we had, they also help us retain and utilize minerals. And they help us be able to use them better because minerals and vitamins work together they're all in this synergistic relationship and so it's important to you know be aware of the fat solubles because you know someone can have a deficiency in a mineral and chances are they also have a deficiency in that fat soluble vitamin as well so that's kind of something that i see frequently and it's good to be like cognizant of both especially if you're thinking about your mineral status as well as the you know the the fat soluble vitamins there too mm-hmm. so all right. Well, do you want to talk? Let's talk through each one individually. So vitamin A. Yes. So, so, for, so for vitamin A, so it has a lot of different roles in the body, but one of the things it does is it helps with cell differentiation. So, you know, the, the ability of cells to uh, respond to unhealthy cells, like for example, cellular debris, you know, breaking down unhealthy cells. Um, it helps with that. It also helps us with immune function. There are so many studies showing us that vitamin A assists us with immune function, and it's a powerful antiviral, very powerful. Um, so much so that there are certain viruses where, if you're vitamin A deficient going into it, you're going to have a hard time <laughs> with without actually, um, you know, if you don't have enough of that in your body or the stores, because we burn through it faster um, in in situations where we need immune support. Um, it's also needed for healthy gut mucosa. So the the lining of the gut actually requires vitamin A to be able to turn over the cells again to have that healthy you know level of cells in the gut so that we can absorb nutrients as well. And they've done studies that have linked people with vitamin A deficiency to uh, to having autoimmune disease. They've actually have a direct link vitamin A deficiency. And and I should also say vitamin A means retinol. They're yeah, different kinds. <laughs> Talk about that and carotene and yeah, yeah. You with carotene, yeah. yeah. So carotene, because nine times out of 10, if I say, you know, vitamin A, we need to be getting more vitamin A. People are like, I eat a lot of carrots. And I'm like, that's great that you eat carrots. Carrots are great. They are the beta carotene form of vitamin A. And in order for beta carotene to jump through all the hoops that are required for it to turn into retinol, you have to have, you know, good functioning of those systems because genetics determine that. So some people can have genetic issues even turning beta carotene into retinol, but you also have to have, you know, an enormous amount of it to be able to turn it into retinol. And what happens is people will, you know, for example, people who turn orange where you get too many threats and too many, you know, too much of that beta carotene, that's just, their body can't convert it. 
So it ends up being stored in the tissues and you end up having that orange color or orange pallor, which I actually had happened to me when I was eating vegan. Um, side note, that was very interesting. I saw pictures from that time and I kind of had this sort of yeah. uh, from this. Um, but anyway, so you got to have, you know, and, and the, so the, the beta carotene, I consider the, you know, it's not formed yet. It's not like the preformed version. And then retinol is that preformed the moment you take it in it's retinol it's able to be used more effectively than the beta carotene so there's just so much that goes into that and people think that you know it's dangerous to have too much which of course the studies that they did if you actually look at the levels that they had to use of the retinol if you go to the studies like oh vitamin a is toxic you look at the studies you will actually see how astronomically high the doses were that, you know, when it even started to cause problems with people was, you know, huge, huge doses that no one is ever going to get from beef liver or cod liver or an, a source like that. And also most of the time they were a synthetic form of vitamin A, which is a huge problem, <laughs> which is, I think it's palmitate is the synthetic. Like if you look on a label, it'll say that um, it's not even the natural kind. You don't get that high levels the super physiological levels from a natural source you just don't mm. so um so yeah it's important to have the right form of that because again people can't either they can't make that conversion or the conversion is ineffective enough to make the retinol that they need so it's very important um, you, for think, you know people like if you're eating 100 grams of fresh beef liver a week you're going to be fine don't panic oh, yeah. Like, yeah yeah you yeah. you'll be okay on it like People, again, people think, you know, they have to, and with beef liver too, people think they have to eat a ton of it every day. It's like, no, it's one of those things you just call, you put through the week or you yeah. have one day where you eat more of it. And historically too, that's what they would have done because a lot of this ties into like ancestral, you know, an ancestral view. So Weston Price was the one who really connected the dots on a lot of these fat soluble vitamins. And, you know, the tribes that he observed when they would have an animal that they'd be processing. I mean, you only have one liver in an animal. So it's yeah. like they would kind of have the liver and then they would maybe go a little period of time without it because, again, vitamin A is a fat-soluble vitamin. It's stored in your fat. So if you kind of, you know, don't have enough for a little while, you can burn through your stores. But it's when it is chronically depleted and not repleted that we have a problem. So they, they were just eating it periodically and kind of, throughout the course of using the whole animal because they ate the whole animal, of course. Mm. So, you, you know, one yeah. thing I noticed, because uh, in terms of like getting the liver and I think obviously if you could just kill the cow and eat the liver fresh from the yeah. cow, that would be the ultimate, but probably yes. no one can do that. So I think you can eat right. it fresh, you know, like Margaret mentioned, you can, some people will like find a nice recipe and they might just have a hundred grams a week with some mashed potatoes, something, whatever they, I mean, it's pretty, I don't know, I just don't like liver. You can freeze yeah, it, same. cut it up and freeze it in little tablets. And like my sister does that finally got her onto it she'll just eat it a couple of bits every small bits every day you can take the liver capsules like we've got freeze-dried liver capsules and it's amazing like on our website it has the most testimonials from people of improvements in like skin heaps of improvements in skin oh, energy yes. um you know it, it's actually so amazing like people start including liver and oysters in their diet the improvements they see in their skin yes i would believe that because it's yeah. just a all the nutrients like so many and, and yeah, because the oysters have the retinol, the the beef liver does have the retinol too, and so many other nutrients, B vitamins, it's got, you know, the vitamin C even in there, selenium, it's just got like all these. Crazy, hey. So it's like the, it's, the nature's multivitamin. It really yeah. is with how much is in there. Um, and of course, there's other organs too that can be incorporated that people will do. I've seen a lot of people do well with the kidney. The kidney glandular too, um, because it is a little bit lower histamine for people who have trouble with that because it's, you know, with the, with the histamine too, it's frustrating for people because they're like, I know I need the copper and these nutrients to help me with my histamine intolerance, but I can't, yeah, I don't do well with this particular kind of, of organ meat. Stuff like the kidney is, is awesome for a, a swap for that for people. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah. It's pretty amazing guys. Like get on the liver. It is the best. Liver really is the most amazing. Well, okay. Now what? So we've talked about liver. You can get it from liver. Where else? So like full fat dairy, egg, mm -hmm. where else? Yes. You can get it from eggs. And then also there's uh, cod liver oil too, or the whole cod liver. That is actually one that I like to do because it's not just the oil that's been extracted from the liver. It's actually the whole liver itself. Mm -hmm. And that has really high retinol content. You only need it like one or two times per week. And, you know, people 
mix it into like if they have sardines or something, they'll mix it in with that, like in a little sardine salad. Um, and it's very easy to incorporate. And I have clients do really well with that for a retinol source because it's so rich uh, in that. And I also have testimonials from people who, you know, based on their testing, based on their health history, I'm like, you probably need more retinol than you're getting or you ever have gotten. And they'll start incorporating. They're like, I feel like it's when I eat it, it's like fireworks are going off in my brain or something. And that's that's I've had multiple people say that to me. And it really is because it is required for so many different things that it makes sense if you're deficient in it for quite a long time and you start bringing that back in. Mm. People are just oh, their body's like, yes, thank you so much. Yeah, I love you. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, it is pretty, ama- pretty amazing, hey? It is. And then you can see like a lot of people, those are foods that they would demonize. Oh, you know, I didn't eat any dairy. I never ate liver. You know, occasionally I would have oh, eaten yeah. oysters, but like, you know, wasn't eating any full fat dairy, um, was oh, yeah. eating egg white bloody omelets with spinach. Oh, oh yes. I did terrible. That the, terrible. The, the spinach in there, it was just so bad because you oh. couldn't do any fat with the spinach so it's like the spinach was real chalky and then, you have the egg, and then you have the egg white that has like flavor <laughs> it's so bad so bad so bad um, but no but but a lot of times the people with the retinol deficiency the ones who i see who have that they either were raised you know fat's bad you know they had a mom who was again 90s mom 80s mom mm-hmm. oh fat bad we can't do that we're using margarine we're using uh you know canola oil um, or they also, because it's a fat soluble vitamin, I see people who have liver gallbladder issues where they have trouble absorbing their fats. Sometimes they will also end up having a deficiency in retinol because they, they like can't absorb it because the, they need that bile flow to be able to absorb their fats. And so those are the common denominators in the people that I've seen. They are either afraid of fat or they have some kind of an absorption issue um, that they can't absorb it very well. So. Yeah, cool. Okay, well, let's move on to the next one, vitamin D. So how do we yes, primarily vitamin make D. vitamin D? Talk about the yes. sun and... Yes. Oh, yes, because vitamin D is like extremely controversial. I mean, you know, it's just like, wow. But the most debate... And it's so funny, whenever I talk about these fat-soluble vitamins, vitamin D is the one that people always like laser in. I'm like, oh, you know, and I'm like, but there's so much more at play with, with vitamin D because... You know, you traditionally people would be getting it. You know, there are foods that have vitamin D in it. So different types of animal fat. Um, pig lard is actually the highest. Um, oh, that's so interesting. Vitamin D. Yeah, it's got vitamin D in it. Um, but also, and even the cod livers, that's the other thing. Cod livers have it because there's that ratio of the vitamin A to vitamin D in, in the cod liver because it actually has a little bit of that. But, you know, people will, look, again, look at their tests and be like, oh, I'm low in vitamin D. And they they aren't doing the basics, so they aren't even you know trying to get some good sunshine. They aren't even you know getting the magnesium they need to be able to use the vitamin D. So there's just you know there, there's people who ju- they just jump to conclusions on it, you know, because it is important. Like it is you know important for immune function, for cardiac health, uh, for bone health, structural support. Like it helps with all of those. But just like with anything, an imbalance in it. And again, I would argue most ranges that doctors want to see vitamin D in are what I would call uh, super physiological, like unless you are actually really supplementing hard or, you know, doing something to get it up that high, we may not have, you know, our, our bodies may not be even used to that standard that it's it's being held to. Um, so that's kind of a very unpopular opinion, but I've just seen too many situations where someone's been supplementing with, let's say, 10,000 IU of vitamin D for years, and yep. they just never question it, then they do an HTA, the hair tissue mineral analysis test and their calcium is through the roof because that's what happens when you get way too much vitamin D without the cofactors, you leak that calcium out of your bones into the tissue. And that's a big problem. And it takes a while to fix that actually happened to me. That's one of the things that happened to me. And I was like, hmm, this is kind of challenging my previously held notions on this. Um, But it really does require like the, the other thing about it too, that people should know is that it requires magnesium at literally every step of that conversion process to the active form of vitamin D. It requires magnesium. So nine times out of 10, people are burning through their magnesium too fast. They're depleted in that. And so no no, no surprise that their their serum levels are going to be, be low uh, on that too. So it is really sad that, again, people just take one mm. one thing ruin on it. And I'm like, but there's, there's so many other so many. You want to- for a prey. And I've seen it across the board, like for yeah. people. But it, there's 
usually something underlying that that's going on that's not being addressed and of course the other thing too is you can have genetics you know your genetics can influence how much vitamin d you can make from the sun but in the same vein it can also you know increase your ability to convert it when using things for example like magnesium like those cofactors you can have like have that working out in your favor or not depending um on what you have going on there but but it is so it is in uh, like i said in lard it's in there it's also in so for example salmon roe so like fish eggs and then the cod livers like the whole cod livers um eggs have a little bit and then sometimes you can even get mushrooms that have been exposed to the sun because mushrooms can actually have some vitamin d content it's not a ton but there is some vitamin d that you can get in like mushrooms if they have been you know set in the sun or the way that they're prepared and sometimes they'll list that on the label and you're like huh didn't know that mushrooms could have vitamin d but that's interesting that's so interesting i think too like so many like especially in australia like they just freaked <laughs> everyone out about getting sun you know lather yourself um, in yes. sunscreen don't go out and get any sunlight i'm like it's crazy yes oh yeah and that's that's like here too it's very much a uh people are not you know you're not thinking like okay all of the variables I play and, you know, again, history, like historical, you know, data and, and thinking about that. It just, yeah, it's just a classic case of it, you know, this causes this or this happens for people who have this variable. So we're going to say it causes all of these problems. And I'm just like, but can we look more, you know, again, look a little bit deeper. Like how is their skin health? We know that you store those you know, polyunsaturated fats, like they're, they're a fatty acid. They're in your skin. So it's like, what happens when you expose that to UV light? It's going to cause oxidation and it's going to cause issues for your skin. So it's just like, it makes so much sense when you, you know, when you zoom out and look at it. But most people are not, you know, most people are not looking into that. They're not really thinking about it that way because they're scared because they've been told, That's you know, the sun. Nah, totally, totally. Um, all right. So let's go ADE, E, vitamin E. Yeah. E. So I kind of have a soft spot for vitamin E just because it's just so cool. Um, and, and the many different things that it does. So it is responsible for, you know, in terms of inflammation. So it really helps with inflammation in the body, like systemically. Um, and it can also protect the properties of your cell membranes. So all those little cell membranes that you have in your trillions of cells, they require a good balance of fatty acids to be able to communicate and detoxify and vitamin E just helps fortify that. And it also helps with those little enzymes and proteins that are in your cells that are communicating, transporting nutrients, removing waste. So it like helps with the cell, like at the cell level. Um, it's also very, uh, very oxygenating to the tissues as well. It can help with that. Um, but it really also in terms of lipid peroxidation and inflammation. So people with really bad um, really bad issues, even like cardiac issues or rampant inflammation, they do really well um, with vitamin E. And then another cool thing that it does is for female health and egg quality. So it can actually um, help us in terms of the progesterone and estrogen. It can help us you know, decrease the estrogen or mobilize that better and supports progesterone. Um, and then even egg quality too. So like human reproduction and the egg quality, we need that vitamin E. In fact, um, the the name for it, tocopherol, is actually comes from a Greek word that means like to bear or to carry. So it's it's similar to what you think about like childbearing, um, pregnancy. It, it just has some support there um, from the very meaning of the word uh, of the the tocopherol. And in terms of minerals, it helps us hold sodium and potassium in the cell. So we've got all these cells and they require this balance of sodium and potassium at a certain ratio to maintain good health, to maintain good energy production, hormone balance, all the things. But what I see a lot of times is people, they're inflamed, they're stressed, they're leaking out, they're burning through a lot of their minerals quickly. Um, they don't, you know, if you think about it, vitamin E is one that we don't get a lot today. Like we just don't eat the foods that there are animal foods that have E in it. Um, but we just don't get a lot of it. And so that's one that we can be lacking. And that in tandem with burning through those minerals quicker, we tend to see a lack of it. And so restoring, you know, vitamin E can oftentimes be helpful for people who have trouble, like have trouble retaining those, like where they're, again, they're, they're taking in sodium and potassium. They're trying to get in all those foods, but they're like, 
my test isn't showing an improvement or I'm not feeling an improvement, sometimes that E can be the missing link in terms of helping hold it in the cell. So it's very important for, yeah, a lot of different things, but I really like it. And it's just fascinating how many areas it like connects to um, with that too. So, And what foods is it found in? Yeah, so the in animal foods, you can actually find it in like beef tallow is actually one of the sources that you can get it in that is probably the best food source of the E. And then um, also there is, of course, you can get it from uh, when you've taken out. So, for example, like the sunflower, when you've actually extracted the, the polyunsaturated fats, the E is actually in there as well. So you can get it there. Um, but actually another source that I have here too uh, for the E is you can actually get it in things like uh, so trout has some vitamin E content. There are some certain fruits that have a little bit of vitamin E, so like kiwi. So things that uh, I-, I think of the ones that are kind of a little exotic. So like kiwi, um, also I learned this this week, but shizandra berries have vitamin E. Interesting. Well. Yeah. No idea. Because <laughs> I'm always looking for these little like, it's like a scavenger hunt. Like where can we find that? <laughs> where can we find that? And also in some kind of berries. So like the think of the berries that are like, very high in antioxidants. So like blackberries, raspberries, they actually have naturally occurring vitamin E as well. So it's kind of, they're like, you know, in little small amounts. But if you think about it as a whole, people are either not eating much fat or they're not eating- say like, what about the animal products? Like the big, like eggs, full fat dairy, like the dairy fat in it. Yeah. 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 It's got all in those animal products. And so people will be like either not getting those or they are, you know, they're just, they're depleted and they're stressed out and they don't have those levels or they're not eating whole foods, which is where all of the vitamin E like is going to be, you know, like it's, that's where it comes from. Um, also in the olden, olden, olden days, they would uh, have like, for example, wheat germ oil was actually one of the ones, the guy who researched, I forget his name, but he was a researcher. Um, he wrote a book on vitamin E and he listed that in there, which I don't use wheat germ oil, but that's like one of the original, like back in the old days than they would eat um, as a higher amount. So, I'm seeing, yeah. I'm seeing a bit of a thread here. I'm just saying, like, if someone's listening, like, the animal products, dairy, yes. meat, egg. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's in all, it's in all yeah. of those. And it's yes. truly, like, all of these fat solubles, they're, you, there's not, for example, you can't find all of them in, you know, a, a vegetable or one yeah. fruit. Like, it's just, it, it is most abundant in the animal products. And that's mm. also because the animal products contain fat. And you can't yes. have a vitamin without <laughs> have the fat. fat. Yeah, without yeah. at least fat, like, in the, the makeup yeah. of it, the molecular structure of it. So. Okay. All right. Now, let's talk about vitamin K. Can you talk about K1 and K2 and the different and where yes. they're found? Yeah. Yes. So the vitamin K1, so the K2 and K1, there's just a difference there in terms of like the bioavailability. Again, like you're going to find more bioavailable. Um, The K2 is going to be in like the animal products. So like the cheese. And in fact, I have here the highest cheese. Gouda, isn't uh, it? Was it Gouda? Oh, close. Gouda. Yeah. Yeah. Love me a bit of Gouda. Yeah. Gouda and Swiss um, and also Briere. It's actually in Briere as well. So. Yeah. So, and you're going to find the K1. So for example, and this is, drives me nuts, but it will be like, oh, you can get vitamin K in, you know, the Finish. vegetable. And I'm like, yeah. okay, but that's not the same form as you're yeah. going to find it in like the cheeses um, that you're going to find the K2. Liba? So liver and? does have some and yeah. eggs too. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then also eggs. Then, then of course you can get it in like the cheese is the, the like the highest source. Yeah, but again, what are we? People are afraid of dairy. They're dairy. Of we're so afraid. Of, yeah. And and it's notable that the vitamin K that is actually by Weston Price. He described it as he called it Activator X. So he found that it was one really important synergist with a lot of different vitamins and a lot of different minerals. It's kind of this one that has mm. its tentacles everywhere in physiology, and that's why he called it the Activator X. And he found that you know. It definitely plays a role in like tooth decay, growth and development, heart disease, and proper blood clotting as well. We have to have a balance of that. Um, brain function and and teeth, like healthy bones and teeth. It's like super important um, for that, which it, it just makes me think of people who are like, um, you know, again, for, for no reason, maybe they're like, oh, I shouldn't be getting any cheese or, you know, dairy's bad or whatever. And they're missing out. They, they are missing out on the, the nutrients that dairy has in it besides uh the k2 but they're also missing out on that and 
And it's worth noting too that there's like multiple kinds of K2. There's like different, there's K2-7. There's like all these mm. different like K2s. And the food sources are going to have, that are the animal sources are going to have those in more abundance. They're not just going to have the one kind of K that's in, you know, like a cooked greens or or spinach or something like that. Yeah. Um, so it, it's a cool one too for, again, for bone health. Um, teeth especially, that's the one that he studied the most in terms of, yeah. you know, health was like teeth because it helps you bring that calcium into the bone. That's its yeah. magic power is that, you know, because calcium doesn't belong in your arteries or in your muscles. It, there's a little bit there, but most of it needs to be in your skeleton and in your teeth. And so what a lot of people have happen is their stress or their other mineral imbalance drives that into the soft tissues. The calcium goes out in the soft tissues where it's not supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And K2 is what brings it back to the bone. So that's what I'll use with people who have, they do an HTMA and they've got really high tissue calcium because maybe they were dosing vitamin D for 10 years at a high amount. And it's yeah. driven it out or it's by stress. And a lot of times they don't even know about K2. They're like, oh, I was just thinking about, yeah, I didn't know about K2. And I'm like, K2 helps bring that calcium back where it needs to go. So it's just, it's so important for people to realize that it's not just the calcium. It's not just the magnesium. All the ones, all of them work together. And K2 is no exception. It really works with all those. Yes. I mean, like if you're listening to this, you can, again, like, like, it's not saying don't eat the salads, but you probably want the majority of your diet to come from animal products, you know, um, fruit. Dairy products, I mean, dairy is an animal product, um, you know, get like that they're going to give you a lot of the nutrients you need in an easy to digest form and then have the salads as side sides as that complement the meal rather than the majority of the diet. Yes. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. There is like a side piece and not the main, the main deal. Mm. Cause like you're saying earlier with your foods, you know, that's, that's kind of what we do here is I, I sort of find a protein or something that I really, you know, is going to be in the center and then I add the carbohydrate to it. Then maybe I add, you know, if we're having um, tacos, like we had tacos the other night. Oh, God, I, I love tacos. Mm-hmm, the so good. Mm. So we did the tacos and I shredded up some slaw, some carrot. and Lettuce. Yeah, add tomatoes. Yeah. Right. Yep. Like put it all on there and it just, it added that crunch. And that's what, I think, that's what I think yeah. really, that if people viewed it as an it's accent, a, not just the main. That's the right. Main yeah, it's thing. like. Totally, totally. Because I think sometimes people like, they'll come and go, oh, Kitty, you never really look like you eat much green veg. Like, well, to be honest, I just don't love broccoli and I don't love, I'm not saying don't kale. eat them. Yeah, I don't love kale. Like I would probably have, you know, like if, I, if I make a curry, I'll put like green beans in there. I like green beans and that just goes well with yeah. the curry. But then like you say, it's adding, you know, I'd mainly probably like have the tacos, I have lettuce, tomato, red onion. I love, you know, that just, it adds that crunch. I love that freshness, you know, have these side Greek salads or this watermelon salad or like my sister makes this awesome, she calls it the green salad and it's just basically rocket red onion and I think parmesan cheese and olive oil and, yeah. and, and lemon. Flavor. Yeah. Fuck. It's so good. It's so good, but it's not like it's got the cheese in there and the, and the, yeah. And then obviously we have meat and potatoes as well. It's not just you eat a fuck ton of <laughs> spinach, yeah. just lean yeah. piece of protein, you know, like it's just. Yeah, it's sort of slipping. Yeah, yeah, and that just tastes so much better. It does. Instead of it makes it a little more special. I I just find that too. If you you know, if you're not just like that's the main thing. I always have to eat this. You know, yeah. it's it, it's that side. You know, that side piece. And and I feel like too the other thing with the with the vegetables that's important for yeah. people to know. Those like for example with vitamin K. So earlier where I was talking about the spinach. Like when I would make those fat free omelets. Yeah. <laughs> Right. And the spinach and the biggest mistake, if people are eating, you know, vegetables, if you are cooking up something um, to go with your, again, going with your tacos or maybe you're wilting some spinach for something, uh, the biggest mistake people make is that they don't cook it with fat. They try to just, you know, soften it down. But the fat is going to help you. Exactly. It's going to help you uptake some of those nutrients that would also, again, a lot of them are fat soluble and there's not a lot of fat in those foods. So it's, helps you cross that barrier and be able to absorb it better. Cause I'll see people all the time. I'm like, please use, please use some butter in there. Yeah. Some meat to like, and plus it tastes better. Like it, it does taste better. And I think too, like you can look at certain, you know, certain cuts of meat will have a higher fat content. So you may not yes. have to add fat to them, but then there's leaner cuts. Like if I ever have prawns or, you know, sometimes like we make, 
I like this, like it's like a chicken schnitzel type thing. Like you flatten the chicken breast, then put the pizza sauce on and then sprinkle the parmesan on the top because the chicken's doesn't have very much. And then you grill it with like yes. air. It's really good. So I think it's like some meats will have higher fat content because you don't, obviously you don't want to like eat a fuck ton of fat because it's really high in calories. And that's where another re- where I see women go wrong when they come in here into this place. Space. They're like, they don't track yeah. their food and they're like eating so much butter and full fat dairy and ice cream. And then with the carbs, it's just excess calories and they gain all this weight. So I think it's important to like yes. look at the, you know, yeah. And once you start to track things, you know, like I just know that chicken breast, prawns, you know, they're pretty lean. They're really lean cuts of meat. Even, even beef cheeks actually are quite lean when they're trimmed, like when we cook them. So it's like mm-hmm. understanding the fat contents and like when you can add a bit more fat and, you know, so, but once you track for a while, you'll just know that. That's like something I've seen. And usually mm. it's when people are coming into the like, oh, carbs are okay. They're like coming into, oh, carbs are okay camp. And they're back here. They used to do something like keto. They used to do something like paleo yeah. that's higher fat. Yeah. And then they cut the carbs are okay camp and they keep the really high fat. Yeah, and oh. the high carbs. It's just like, too much. There you go. That's going to cause yeah. people to, to gain, you know, to see more of a gain. So that's super yeah. important for you to mention that because, again, I see that all the time. And, and then people are like, well, how do Let I get, I can post on this, but like, how do I get protein without getting fat? And I'm like, okay, yeah. you know, like the shrimp, the, the chicken, you'll leave low fat dairy and you can just like, it's not feel, too hard. Yeah. And it's like, you know, like I think too, like if you're someone who tra- like me, I train a lot, Yeah, not a lot, sorry. I train heavy, you know, yeah. and it's high intensity and it's, you know, it's like, I'm very active. So I eat yeah. a quite pretty high carb diet and I try and keep my fat sort of between 50 to 70 grams, but I have like. I really like you know, liver. I have liver. I have really love Gouda cheese. So I have like Gouda cheese on my sourdough crumbets. I have low fat milk and low fat dairy, but because I'm having so much of it, the, the fat does add up, you know, yes. so you are getting enough of those fat soluble vitamins, um, you know. But you're like, not getting no fat. You're not doing the fat free. It's that moderate. It's that balance. moderation. People have to know too, like where they're at, like where they're at in terms of their, their carbohydrate need, their fat need, you know, cause some people do need more or less. And yeah, it, yeah, it's important to know where you're at. Um, because for me, I'm the same way. I'm pretty active and I need, like, I need my, <laughs> I need Fine. my right. And they're really like, I will be, I will feel Frankie. like sleep is the first to go. Actually. Me too, me too, me too. Pulling it, my sleep yeah. just goes yeah. down the tube and I'm like, Fine. all right. I didn't eat enough yesterday, and when I when I hit it just right, like I feel great. I have good energy, totally. um, and it's it's nice to it. You know, it helps me when I feel the effects of me not doing um, the right nice. amount of um, that. I'm like, I don't want to go back there, so I'm going to keep with keep with what I'm doing. And that's the the bright thing about tracking, you know. And I think you just don't know if you don't track. You're unaware, so even if you don't have to track forever. You know, you can get to your goal. Like, like you say, once you've done it enough, you'll you'll know. Like, you'll know your, your yeah. Needs. You'll have the roughly yeah. yeah. So I think that can be yeah. Kind of tracking, like in my brain, I'm like, okay, this is about 45 grams of protein, or this is yeah. 40. Like, I yeah. just have it in my brain, and and then people will you know be encouraged to know that you know you can get to that point where it is sort of an automatic. Like, I'm having this, I have that, and I know that's about amount the amount I need, but it's because yeah. I did spend some time tracking it. To know, because right. shot in the dark. If you're not, you have no idea. You know, yeah. like you have to have a baseline, and that really helps you, you know, see. And it's also empowering and helpful to know. Okay, I I felt really great when I hit all of these, you know, these macros and how many calories I need today. Like it, it helps yeah. you feel empowered to know that you're actually helping, and you're not just. It's a shot in the dark, and who knows? <laughs> yeah, I think I think too, like. um, with the tracking, like sometimes it's a great tool to even fall back on. So like some, even if you've done it for a long time and, you know, I've talked to clients and they'll go, oh, like I just am eating, but then I'm, I'm actually under eating. When I put it back in, I'm like, shit, I've not been eating enough. So they're like, bump it up again. So it could just be a great tool to like, you can plug in a couple of days and you can really, oh, have, am I eating enough protein? Am I getting enough carb? Yeah. It's yeah. A really great. It's a really great tool. Um because it gives you an idea because people either really overshoot or I find people are really over or really under on certain yeah. macros. Think yeah. they're getting, you know, people think, oh, I'm not eating that much fat. And then I'm and like, you're like, shit. Then if your macros are yeah. fat. Or protein, under eating the protein. Food. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Protein's yeah. a huge one. People yeah. will be like, oh, I thought that you're, you know, oh, my favorite thing that people will say is that, um, oh, I thought your body could only absorb, absorb like 20 
protein in one out of like no that's no. Like completely yeah 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 totally yeah so because yeah. it, it's amazing the the things we have in our head that we don't realize are there yeah. until you come up against something that challenges it and then you're like oh wait i was believing that this whole time i didn't totally. know that. yeah weird ladies get on the tracking it's good just to yeah. give yourself an understanding um Totally. And that, okay, well, that's everything. I think that's all we've covered them all. Is there anything else you want to add that we haven't covered? Um, I think that might be all of them. But really, again, like you were saying earlier, the common denominator is that the foods that you're going to find them in are the animal foods. Like there are, you know, the, it, all of those that we were talking about, both A, D, E, and K, the most abundant source of those is some kind of animal food that does have some kind of fat with it or occurring with it. So yeah, it's just, it's important for people to to remember that, again, like we were saying earlier in the beginning, you know, people are like, how do I get my kids to eat vegetables? I'm like, how about we try to get, help them eat more of these foods? That I, get, I mean, growing kids, they need a lot of these nutrients. Like using, you know, putting things in that they are going to, you know, be well supported by nutritionally, but also be able to enjoy. Because, I mean, some of these you can hide, you know, <laughs> like the liver, you can hide that in places um the eggs most kids like eggs you know i had a list a while back of some of the best like nutrient dense foods for kids and that's on there too so i have like eggs on there berries and root vegetables are awesome um the even the sardines like i was saying um oysters so i have a hack for the oysters that you can try that are um so and this is for parents or anyone who just doesn't really like them very much i i kind of do like oysters but you can get the ones in olive oil that's usually ones i get and I have found that if you take them and you chop them up really fine, like just, you know, on your cutting board, chop them up fine, they go really well in pasta sauce. They go great in meatballs. I've even done burgers before. And when I did garlic, nobody even knew that it was no, there. No, they're in there. Flavor that's I love like, that. that's tasty. What is that? And, and I, you know, I never say, but it just fits really well. And it adds this kind of nice undertone, especially if you use it with a dish that has garlic or a dish that has, um, you know, pasta sauce or something that's got a, you know, a bit of an acidic flavor to it, it really blends quite well. And I've been able to hide that into my family's food pretty well. Although I have one child who really loves the water. She'll sit there with me oh, and just- perfect. That's so good. I think too, sometimes like them, like I find the smoked ones on some cheese and crackers is quite tasty. Lemon juice is good, you know, lots of salt, lots of pepper. So no, they're great. Great tips. Yeah. Well, thank you so I'm much. Sure like oh yeah smoked you got to get the smoked i'm like but they're a bit of i think people either like them or they hate them you know again it's like i think fresh you can, if you can get fresh oysters and you like okay. them and you enjoy them that's the best and then you know if, if you like again it's not about being perfect it's about what can you do consistently what have you got access to what can fit in your budget so you know you can do the tin you can do the like we do the freeze-dried tasmanian ones and i'm like just say to clients just be consistent like don't beat yourself up about trying to be perfect you know, it's what you can do and do what you can do consistently. So, um, no, that's awesome. Well, thank you. I really enjoyed that podcast. It was great. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This is fun. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And like I said, guys, go back and listen to um, her other podcast. I'll pop all the notes. I'll pop, sorry, I'll pop your your details in the show notes so you can go and follow Margaret on Instagram. She posts awesome stuff. Thank yes. you. Thanks so much. Thank you.